Brothers and sisters of the barbecue world, Cowboy Kev here welcoming you to another episode of Man Meat Barbecue with your host, Mikey K. Man Meat Barbecue is proudly sponsored by Fire and Smoke Barbecue. If you're looking for a new seasoning, head over to fireandsmokebbq.com. We ship nationwide or pick up a catering menu for those of you in the Chicago area. Also brought to you by Myron Mixon Smokers. If you're a caterer competition or just a backyard cooker, we have the smoker for you. Go check them out at MyronMixonSmokers.com. And now, here is your host, Mikey K. We're hanging out with Cole from Slap. I'm going to butcher this. Oh, <laughs> Is it Saps Barbecue? Sap Barbecue, yeah. Sap, okay, there we go. I feel like I needed to put an S on it. I don't know why. Like, I feel like there's people just put S's on shit. And uh, I, I totally butchered that. I'm sorry. Uh, Everybody does. You're not alone. You're, <laughs> I'm not alone. It, so this human is a fantastic human, guys. That's why we brought him on the show. We're chatting with him. If you want to go to his uh, Instagram, it's S-A-P-P underscore B-B-Q. Um, make sure you go check it out. He's putting out some good Q. He's um he's a great dude. We're gonna have a fun chat. So, Colt, thank you so much for coming on the show, hanging out with us, dude. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, so I am started off, you know, just a, a lover of barbecue. Always was looking for some quality barbecue in the area. You know, growing up in Illinois, uh, quality barbecue is far and few between. Uh, in my previous jobs, I've had uh, the ability to travel a lot around the U.S., traveling down to Texas quite frequently, and uh, really fell in love with barbecue uh, as a whole, as a, as a culture, a community, and a flavor profile, <clears throat> and uh, just wanted to really try to learn how to repl- replicate that, um, because again, in Illinois, uh, not a whole lot going on. So... For me, it became kind of one of those passions of mine to learn as much as possible as I could about barbecue uh, and then try to replicate it uh, the best that I could. And um, so I started off slowly with a, a, an electric master built smoker, quality product there, feeding wood chips in. Um, and, you know, just kind of made my way up from there, used that for a little bit. And then uh, I moved on to a pellet grill. So I uh, started using a Traeger and um, kind of really started experimenting more with different cuts of meats, um, different rubs, different time temperature combinations. And really just that's when it kind of kicked off. And, and my product that I was producing, you know, was, was a lot better. My, my neighbors and my family were like, hey, this is actually starting to get pretty good. Um, and it just has grown from there, but my passion is for it is just, it's, it's what I love to do. And now you've honestly. left the Traeger and you, you've moved to a Primo. So now I, I am using a, a Primo large oval and uh, I absolutely love it. Um, you know, obviously it's, it was a little trial and error when I first got it, uh, you know, trying to better regulate the temperatures, experimenting with the you know, the venting and making sure that I was getting the proper airflow to maintain my temperatures. Um, I still have my triggers. Uh, I still use them when I have capacity issues. You know, uh, obviously with the Primo, 
kind of limited on capacity in comparison to my trigger. Um, so I use both, but primarily now I, I usually just focus on my Primo, um, using little lump charcoal and, and, uh, you know, flavored wood chunks to get that smoke and flavor profile that I'm looking for. Using a little bit of real wood. So it actually tastes like real barbecue. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The flavor profiles are much stronger, uh, from the Primo than I get from the Traeger without a doubt. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, it's hard to mimic burning real wood. That's not, I mean, it, it's just hard to mimic, you know what I mean? And anyone that says, well, it's real wood, it is, but it burns up too quickly. And I think that's what every pellet smoker um, has has a problem with because it it's not necessarily the the uh, the ability to hold that temperature. It's the ability to create good clean smoke that gives you good clean flavor. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and like you said, with the pellet smoker, it's incredibly easy to, um, you know, maintain temperatures and set it and forget it. And there's a, yeah, it's a not huge, con- about. It, it's a huge convenience aspect to it. And you do get the subtle flavors of the smoke, but nowhere near burning real wood or, or wood chunks, um, in combination with lump charcoal. It's just a different flavor profile. Um, since I started using the, the Primo, I mean, I cook a lot for obviously friends and family, but also small catering, things like that around the area. And I mean, everyone has noticed a significant difference in the flavor flavor profile. So that's really driven my passion to to continue using the Primo. And also, um, I've got my eyes set on an offset smoker, but I'm still a little intimidated by that. Not going to lie. Really? Let's, let's, let's chat about that a little bit. So what offset are you thinking about? So um, I was looking at a pits and spits. Um, okay. I like the construction of them, you know, the thickness of the steel. Um, overall quality, I think, is pretty good. But also um, been doing a little research on the Lone Stars as well. And uh, same thing with that, you know. Solid, solid construction, quarter-inch mm-hmm. steel. Um, I mean, the slide-out shelves, everything is just super well-built. The tuning plates are adjustable, um, where a lot of other offsets are. You you have tuning plates, but not necessarily adjustable, so that's a factor that I like. You can also do the upgraded insulated firebox, which I think is a plus, especially in Illinois. You know, I highly recommend I, it. I, I, I cook outside year-round. Um, so for me, if I do end up getting an offset, it is definitely going to have an insulated, uh, firebox. It has to, in order to help maintain those temperatures for sure. Obviously, you know that I cook outside year round. Um, and I own a catering company. You've had, you've enjoyed some of our food. Um, Uh, indeed. And, you know, at our pop-ups and all that stuff. And it's one of those things where, um, when you're, when I was looking at what I wanted to cook on. You know, I looked at lanes, I looked at a couple different uh, offsets, and the reason I kept coming back to that Myron Mixon uh, is the insulation. You know what I mean? The, the fact that, yeah. A, the whole cooker is insulated, which makes my life so much easier. Um, and then the other nice thing is that water pan. Um, because I cook on a, on a water smoker, um, 
it it really allows me to have a great temperature or a great temperature control in cold weather. And I know that sounds weird because people are like, well, what do you mean? Like it's water. It freezes eventually. It does. Uh, but the nice thing is being inside that firebox um, or being inside, not, not inside the fire, but being right above the firebox, it really puts so much a moisture into the chamber, but it holds that temperature into the point of if the doors were to be opened, and it's, you know, 32 degrees outside, as soon as those doors close, for most smokers, it's going to take a while to recover that temperature. Right. Where in the mix-in, it doesn't take me quite as long because that water's boiling and it's steaming constantly. Right, adding so moisture yeah, but, to the chamber and the meat. But it's, yeah. adding, it's adding that temperature right away back up. You right. know what I mean? And yeah. it is just insanely going quick to bring up that temperature i mean i think my recovery time is probably 10 to 15 minutes if that oh that's in, incredible in, in cold weather you know what i mean like yeah, that's you, insane that's pretty good i mean you can't really beat that especially you know obviously in our weather like you know what what was it last last winter when we had a couple days where it was negative 40 to negative 50 with the windshield like i was out on the primo cooking, but I was, uh, you know. I was actually, um, I, we didn't have any caterings that day, so I was home and I was cooking on the big green egg and dude, I mean that, that egg held, you know. Oh, I mean this, the ceramic cookers are just, they're impressive. Like the, the temperature that they hold, I mean, even after I've shut mine down after cooking, you know, you go out there an hour later and it's still up there. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. It's I mean it's just impressive. That's I, it's one of the things I love about them, but you know, it's one of the things the I offset, love and hate about them. Well, that's a true statement as well cuz if you overshoot your temperature too, it takes a lot of time to to yep. get down to the temperature you want it. So, you really have to and that's, you know, for me that was one of the things that I had to learn <clears throat> was don't overshoot. The most don't overshoot, you know, start backing her down when I got about 25 to 50 or yeah, like 25 to 50 degrees from where I wanted to be and then let it slowly climb up, yep. you know, I had to practice uh, a little more patience than I was used to. Um, and we all know that <clears throat> especially in this business, patience is key and our significant others don't always understand that. And they're like, Hey, when's dinner? Hey, do you know when dinner's going to be done? And I'm like, look, it takes time. It's done when it gets to the internal temperature. I tell my wife that every time. She's like, so can you give me like a time? I'm like, nope. Yeah, about 145. She's like, what is that? I'm like, the internal temperature when it's done. That's when we eat, you know? And she just rolls her eyes. But it's it, true. Like, you know, for me, it's it's you always want to cook to temperature. You never want to cook to time. And every piece of meat yep. differs and varies. So you could be cooking two 12-pound briskets. But depending on the fat content, you know, one may or may not cook faster than the other. It's just how it goes. I mean, yeah. I mean, I cooked so many damn briskets, and that's just kind of how it is. You know, sometimes this one doesn't stall and moves up. Uh, my pain lately has been, um, I don't know what it is, but my shoulders have been stalling really, really funkily. Um, they've just been stalling and taking a little bit longer than I'm used to, to get past that stall. And I, you know, right. 
<clears throat> I don't know if it's just the last few shoulders, like not every single one of them, but it's like I'll have, you know, five or six of them on the pit and two of them will do it. And right, yeah. It, it's like, it's like, but they'll do it like evenly. Like, it, like it's weird. They're both <laughs> like two of them it. will stall out at the same time. Like at, yeah, at the same temperature, yeah. like just perfect. And it's just like, really? But yeah. hey, you know, it's just the things that we do. And, um, there's not always, you know, there's not a rhyme or reason behind that. And there's nothing you can really do. And I think that's one of the hard things for people to understand about barbecue is, yes, this meat stalled. Yeah, but your last brisket didn't. Correct. But this one did. Right. Yeah. And I think the thing that people don't truly understand is that, you know, there's a lot of technique that goes into barbecue. It's not just throwing a piece of meat on a smoker and stoking the fire or set it and forget it. You know, the prep work that goes into it, the maintaining temperatures, rotating briskets, rotating pieces of meat so that they're cooking evenly depending on what smoker you have. I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. And, you know, so often people, especially if they're not cooking it, all only focus on you know, the end result, like what it tastes like, you know, is it dry? Is it moist? Is it, you know, does it have the, the bend for a uh, proper bend for the brisket? You know, it's, it's things like that, but they don't realize everything that goes into making that perfect bite of barbecue. Um, and for me, that's, that's what I care about and what I focus more on. Like, I, I think I'm personally my own worst critic. Like we all are, you know, okay. I, I always plan, I always have certain expectations of, of how my cooks are going to go and the flavor profiles that I'm trying to create or, you know, the, the different dishes I'm trying to create. And when they don't turn out exactly the way, it's like, damn, what could I do differently? Or, you know, so I'm always trying to tweak what I do to make it better. Um, and, but most people that taste it are like, man, that was incredible. That's probably your best one. And I'm like, nah, I don't think so. You know, but you know what the worst is when you have somebody that's like, this is so good. And you're like, no. And then you feel like an asshole. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Cause you're like, I don't, I mean, I guess I will agree to disagree, but I know I can do better, you know, but it could be the best piece of meat they've ever had, Correct. you know, because they may have never had truly good barbecue or even not barbecue, just food in general, you know? And I think that's why food and barbecue uh, it's just, it's one of those things. It's like, it takes people on an experience and a journey. It's more than just that flavor, that bite, that like meal. I think it does things to people like it elicits emotion. And, and yep, I yeah, mean, that's how does. I always try yep. to make anybody that's eating my food. Like I want to take them on a journey, you know? Absolutely. And that's kind of what I, I try to do with my food. I just want people to have, you know, good food and enjoy it. And, um, you know, just make good, make good food. Uh, and one of the, the crazy things that people tend to forget, like it's what, it's one of the things that I always say, it's like, don't criticize the, all the barbecue restaurants all the time. You know what I mean? Like, or all the, all the people that are doing what we're doing, uh, professionally, uh, cause it's so, or I guess I should say it this way. 
people tend to be like, I can do this better in my backyard. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I understand. How many briskets are you making? Right. They're not mass producing. Well, I'm making They're... one. Okay, cool. I'm smoking eight. Right. So and... you'll baby that brisket all day long. You know what I mean? And yeah. and you get this from from doing some of your caterings, right? You'll you 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 when you when you have to have more ball balls in the air, right? You know what I'm saying? Like you're juggling yeah. more shit. Um, it's it's not quite as easy. No, definitely not. And, and especially I think when you're juggling. Many, yeah, I think too many people think like, oh well, you know, just throw the brisket on and then make the mac and cheese. It's like, okay, cool. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're like, no, that's not really how it works. You know, you got to time everything correctly. There's a lot of prep that goes into everything, making other sides. You know, if you're making more than just brisket, you know, you're making brisket, you're making shoulder, you're making pork belly burn ends, like, you know, different times, different temps, different preparations, you know, timing and like when you're putting things on, when you're taking them off. I mean, and again, that goes back to that whole you know, most people just think about that, that bite they're taking, you know, the, the yep. end product, they don't think about the journey that it's gone through to get to their plate. Um, so no, I agree with you. I think people, people need to be a little more lenient on their judgments of, of restaurants and other caterings and things like that, because they don't truly know what goes into it. But, you know, my, my thing is, is, I want them to understand what goes into it, but I don't want them worrying about it. Like, that's my focus. You know what I mean? Like, let me worry about that. Like, you just enjoy it, but know that, like, you know, it's going to be different. It's not, you know, and my thing is, I don't want to be like anybody else. I don't want, you know, my brisket to be, and I keep going back to brisket because I cook a lot of it. But in general, like, you know, my food, I don't want them to be like, oh, that tastes just like this. Like, yeah, I want to be, like, unique and different, create different flavor profiles. And like, I like to use bold flavors and, and heavy seasoning. And We you know, just uh, – so we just released our brisket rub. And, yes. Um, we were doing a tasting at Wanamaker's. Uh, and I – gave a sample to a gentleman and i obviously we we were not sampling on brisket guys brisket's way too expensive to sample on uh (laughs) it's right we're just not doing that we're just gonna tell you right now we're not we were not sampling on brisket so um we you know we sampled on pork loin so you're not getting the exact flavor profile because it, it it it's pork loin. It's not. It's not red meat. It's, it's not, not red meat. Yeah. So like, we're sampling it, and I'm and I tell him I'm like, listen, it's it's heavy black pepper. It's a very heavy black pepper rub. It has a big kick to it, and it's you know it's gonna be spicy, but it's heavy black pepper and all this shit. And the guy goes, okay. He's like, well, I, I like black pepper. I, I really like black pepper. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> and he tries it and goes, you missed it. It's not good. And I go, 
What? what? I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, too much black pepper. I go, okay. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it's really, he's like, it's salty and black peppery. You're like, thank you? That I'm was like, the purpose? Okay. Well, it's a, it's kind of modeled after a central Texas barbecue rub. Right, like, which is heavy sure, black pepper. I'm salt. pretty sure I just hit the nail on the head. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. You know what or, I mean? Yeah. And you know? He's like, he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, it's just not, you know, he's like, it's just too black pepper. He's like, you got to go back to the drawing board. I'm like, you know what? I appreciate your feedback. This isn't think, for everybody. I literally, I was like, I don't think this rubs for you, man. Well, and that's it. And, and not every, not every rub or flavor profile that I, you create is going to be for everybody. Exactly. But I kind of wanted to pull the, um, do you cook brisket? I know <laughs> right. he, like, he was like, I, I really don't. He's like, he's like, honestly, my flavor profile is super sweet. I really like super sweet barbecue. You just Ugh. told me 15 minutes, like 15 seconds ago that you like black pepper. That you like black pepper. Right. Like, yeah. Figure out your flavor profile. And I wanted to be like, do you cook brisket? I'm sure he would have been like, no. Okay, cool. Well, then I'm, you're not my target market. <laughs> right. Well, and that's it. It's it's people have these preconceived notions of what barbecue should be from their past experiences, correct? Or, or they're so focused on one type of barbecue that, but they don't even know it. You know what I mean? Like, but the he crazy likes thing is super like, sweet barbecue. He's probably had pulled pork. Yep. That has super sweet sauce Kansas City style like molasses based. Yep. You know, heavy, heavy honey molasses is just super sweet sauces. And he, that's what he knows barbecue as. And that's what he likes it. You know, you and I have had this conversation growing up. Like my first experiences with barbecue was pulled pork from a crock pot that my mom made with like, you know, KFC barbecue sauce or whatever barbecue sauce she bought from the store, which was always so super sweet. Sweet you know, rays. Yeah, right? Like squeezed into the crock pot and mixed up. And it's like, hey, pulled pork, let's do this. You know what I mean? So that was my first exposure to barbecue until I started traveling around and, and getting to experience different things like Carolina style and Central Texas. And like for me, I love, love, love that that bold, peppery saltiness of central texas like that's just no the way you, i love it no wonder you kind of like our barbecue <laughs> <laughs> exactly like that's my style i love that 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 heavy pepper um that spice that nice kick that yep. you get from it that bite you know my wife doesn't you know she likes she's more on that <clears throat> sweeter sides you know more smoked paprika um you know yeah more garlicky which is great. I think there's a place for everything. I love that too. But for me, like if I'm cooking a brisket and I know that it's going to be for me and a few of my buddies and my wife's not really going to eat it and the kids aren't really interested, like I'm going to hit that shit up with a load of black pepper um, because that's just me. That's how I like it. Yeah. But I also, when I'm cooking for other people, I, I always ask like, hey, what's your, what type of flavors do you like? Do you like pepper? Do you like salt? Do you like this? Because, you know, I want everyone to have an enjoyable experience. I don't want someone to pick up my my barbecue. And especially if I'm 
like having people over or, um, you know, doing a catering. Like, I don't want them to bite into it and be like, mm, this just isn't for me. You know what I mean? I want to like, again, I want to make everyone happy, but I still want to stay true to what I do and, and kind of my flavor profiles. Yep. But I think you, you've got to have to have that like, you know, happy medium for sure. I think, I think you're, you're completely right. Like I, I totally get it. And like with our, with the barbecue company, I try to kind of make stuff that I'd like to eat and, you know, do my best at that. And I've had really good luck with people really enjoying our food. And, you know, I've had people say, you know, I wish it was a little sweeter. And I'm like, that's cool. But I mean, we're just, that's not us. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's not my barbecue. And, um, we do offer, a, we do do a house-made sauce, which is a little bit of sweet. It, it has a little bit of a kick to it. It's not, nothing like, nothing like, you know, crazy, insanely hot. And I, and the weird thing is we get that question too. Like, um, why isn't your barbecue sauce super hot? Like, do you guys have a super hot one? I'm like, no, we, I really, we really don't. You guys got to make a super duper hot one. And I'm like, I I don't think we do. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and, and that just goes back. You're never going to please everybody. No. And like, you know, that's what I've learned. Like I used to manage restaurants as well. And I went to school for just run. hospitality and, and, and food service Welcome and stuff like that. So, right. Exactly. I so know exactly just, where you're at. I'm that, so used to it's to so dealing hard to like, with make everybody it is, happy. It is because you know you take a handful of people, half of them are going to love it, the other half are going to find something to pick out, and it's maybe it just might be the type of person they are that they have to find something to be negative about. Oh, so absolutely. you're just never going to please everybody, but you know yeah. you do your best and you put your best foot forward, and you know that's all you can really ask. Oh man, but, dude, the. the the amount of like funny reviews we've gotten is just I mean I just I find it comical you know what I mean like your brisket's fatty thank you you're like yes <laughs> that's the point I mean like, I, had somebody, I mean that's... I literally had somebody tell me that our pork belly was fatty <laughs> he's like your pork belly burn ends are super fatty you're like I'm not sure if you understand the anatomy of a pig but <laughs> sir i don't understand if you know what cut you just ordered <laughs> yeah do you realize that you just ordered the fattiest part of a pig you can possibly get yeah and then you're telling me that it's fatty and then it's fatty right the and answer would I, be yes right exactly and and then, then again it goes back to just that that lack oh, of that, experience absolutely. and that you know preconceived notion of what food should be you know, and Absolutely. I always try to break that mold because, you know, I, for instance, cooking pork belly burn ends for the first time, like for friends and family, they're like that, that I don't think I would like that. That's too fatty. And I'm like, okay, but I'm like, give me one bite. One bite is all I ask. If you don't love them, I'll never ask you again. And then they're sitting there crushing half a tray because they're like, oh my God, like, I never realized a little fatty piece of candy morsel could be so delicious. Um, but again, you have people that are like, Ooh, no, I'm not, I'm not a fan of that, but you know, to each his own and whatever floats your boat. So you do you. I mean, it, it's, 
it, it's very, you know, it's very much, you know, people, some people, you know, like it and some people don't. And then at the same time, like, they, some people are just so closed minded that they don't want to try it. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, okay, don't. Um, I've had, you know, I've had some amazing experiences where I, we did a, you know, we did this, this tasting, right? And it was, or it wasn't a tasting, I'm sorry, it was a beer and barbecue pairing. Okay. And one of our, one of our, I don't know, customers, clients, whatever, whatever you want to call it, they've been to a couple different pop-ups. They saw we were doing this, they bought tickets, they came, right? Uh, and afterwards she calls me over and she's like, she's like, everything was phenomenal. I just want to like, she's like, I loved everything. It was so good. She's like, and I want to say thank you. And I was like, Oh, you know, well, you know, you're very welcome. Like, you know, it was my pleasure to cook for you guys. Like I had, a, you know, I had an amazing time and she's like, yeah, but I want to say thank you for making me try pork belly burn ends right. and i'm like oh you're, you're welcome like because it kind of like, caught me off guard because i didn't know like you know it's like well you, you should have tried them anyways but <laughs> <laughs> right. i'm like yeah i'm like aren't they really good and she's like yeah i she's like honestly every time i ever looked at any pork belly she's like i always thought it was disgusting like that it was just too fatty and that it wasn't gonna be good She's like, and then I ate your, she's like, and then I was like, I, you know, I bought these tickets. I'm going to eat everything that was there. So she's like, I made myself try them. She's like, I'm in love. (laughs) She's like, those things, she's like, they're so good. She's like, they're just, she's like, the fat's rendered out. This, you know, not rendered out completely, but she's like, it's rendered out enough to where it's not just like over fatty and it's not just eating like raw bacon. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And you and get that nice crispness exactly. too. It's like mm. so she just like she was like so in love with it, and I'm just like, dude, that's awesome that I was able to, you know, feed you something so small as a pork belly burn in that just made you like freak out, right? And change their perspective. Exactly. You know, change change that perspective and that negative opinion. That, that negative preconceived notion of what something is or should be, you know, and, and that's awesome. That, yeah. I mean, that's awesome. That's, that's what I go for every time I cook to, to give these, you know, the people I'm serving that, that wow moment that like, Hey, thanks for, thanks for doing this because I would have never tried that. Like, yep. that's awesome. Yeah. We, um, we did a catering the other day and the, the client like came back to us and she was like, or the husband of the client came back to us and he was like, dude, it was, everything was amazing. He's like, the only thing I'm sad about is I didn't get any burn ends. <laughs> at, like at brisket burn ends, like real burn ends. And yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, we made so many burn ends. He's like, uh-huh. He's like, I fucked up. And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, how do you fuck up? He's like, everyone kept talking about them he's like and i was like oh, i'm gonna get to him i'm gonna get to him i'm gonna get to him he's like and i kept talking because it was I, I i think it was his birthday party so he was kind of like entertaining 
and talking. He was making the rounds. Mm -hmm. He was doing, you know, he messed up. He was making the rounds. And he's like, once I finally got to the food, he's like, all the burn ends were gone. He's like, and there's people telling me, oh, dude, they were so good. I took like 12. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, well, that's kind of the problem. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, we weren't there. Like, obviously, we weren't there doing portion control. Um, Right. In that sense, we were. It was one of those like buffet style. Exactly. Set up, drop off. We're good to go. So, yeah. um, I, like, there's nothing you can do. And that's like, that's always like my worst nightmare. And I think it's been my worst nightmare since my buddy Sean at Cali Comfort kind of told me this like horror story, uh, about his catering. Like one of the first caterings he kind of did, they did ribs and they didn't portion them out. Oh no. So, so people are taking like full slabs to their yep. table. Yeah. People are taking like half slabs, full slabs, and he's like, he portioned out like three to six ribs per person. Because <laughs> that's like normal, you know what I mean? Yeah, that, like, that's normal, exactly. Like, he's like, you know, we ran out of ribs in like 45 minutes. He's like, geez. And there was tons of people that were like hungry. And it, it, that's the hard part about barbecue is like, I can't go, I literally can't go, okay. I'll be right back. I'll be back yeah. in 15 minutes and I'll bring you more. You know, we've yeah. done we've done pop-ups where we sold out in 45 minutes to an hour and I had one lady tell me she's like, "Okay, cool. So, can you just go back and get more brisket?" You're like, "Yeah, uh, I'll see you in about 15 to 20 hours." Oh, like I basically was like, "I'm like, do you want to wait?" And she's like, "Yeah, I'll wait." I'm like, "Okay, cool. I'll see you tomorrow." Like, that was like my reply because it, it's like dude you can't you can't do that and i mean i've gotten my brisket down in a sense i, I cook a little hotter and faster now so my, my brisket's probably about a 12 hour brisket um so you know i can i can turn a burn a brisket pretty quickly um but it's still not like it's still not like what people think where it's like oh so 45 minutes to an hour like, yeah, hey, exactly. Yeah, I'll have all of them trimmed. Right, exactly. We can and, you know, brisket tartare. <laughs> right? Tough brisket tartare. I mean, it's going to be tough. <laughs> Super tough. Yeah. But, you know, and, and that goes back to just capacity, too. Like, it, you know, it, it, brisket is one of those things. Like, it's it's larger cuts of meat that are tougher and it takes up capacity on smokers so you're you're really limited on what you can and can't produce and yeah you know especially like for your pop-up events you try to have enough but you also don't want to be at the end of the pot like end of your your time there and have just an an obnoxious amount of food left because then you're stuck that's kind of what we did is we underestimated the turnout for this we cooked a decent amount like we cooked we cooked two briskets. We cooked four shoulders. Um, I think we did three bellies, and we sold out in forty-five minutes. Yeah, that's awesome. That's impressive. Yeah. And I, I mean, I guess it should like I shouldn't say exactly forty-five minutes. The pop-up was supposed to start at three o'clock. There was people literally lined up at two thirty. Yeah, waiting, and we got we got there set up, and we we started selling at like two forty. And then we were sold out by four fifteen, so it uh, so it's like an hour, almost almost an hour and thirty minutes. 
that we that yeah, we last but, still, but I it's mean, like I we were not ready for that much the volume turnout, yeah that, that the volume quickly. and the demand yeah like we figured that we were going to sell out but we were going to sell out closer to the time of being like ending yeah and it just it moved so quickly like we did ribs for one of uh one of our events and i i think i messed up and i kind of pulled a sean there uh and, <laughs> and in the sense that i offered i allowed people to purchase full slaps oh and kind of underestimated the demand of people that would actually want to buy a full slab correct and i mean we only did 10 slabs because it was meant to be a sellout like i wanted i wanted them to go quickly but not as quickly as they went like the first i would say the first 20 customers in line sold me out of ribs Oh, I could totally see that. They like it wasn't maybe not even the first twenty. It might have been the first twelve, and we made ten racks. We had like we had one lady like walk up. She's like, "I need three racks," <laughs> and I was like, "You're like full um, racks, full? Yeah." She's like, "Yeah." I was like, "Okay." You're like, "All right, let's do this." I'm like, "Well, clearly we're not gonna have ribs very long," <laughs> <laughs> which is fine. And and don't get me wrong, I'm not bitching and complaining about it. Like, I'm super happy that people come out like that and they, they turn out like that. Cause it's, it's, it's fantastic. It's just, it's so like loving and, and feeling that support is amazing. Um, oh, absolutely. But it, it's kind of like, it's like, damn it. I should have cooked more, but you never yeah, know. Cause at the same exactly, time there's... you cook more and guess who's, there's nobody there. Right. Exactly. You're always going to have that. What if factor, you know, I always say like, I'd rather sell out than, then just be left with food because I hate wasting food. Like, uh, so and, I, and unfortunately, like I don't necessarily eat my own barbecue anymore. Um, uh, obviously, I taste everything. I make sure that I'm on par with where I need to be. Don't get me wrong. I, I taste it, so I make sure that I'm, I'm there and the flavor profile is hitting. But I, I just, I, I'm sorry. I don't know about you guys, but. I can't eat brisket six days a week. Yeah, no, I get that for sure. I mean, I, I tend to do the same thing, especially when I'm, when I'm cooking for like large groups, friends, families, other like events, things like that. You know, I'll tip it, I'll taste everything, make sure that the flavor's on point, but I'm always the last one to eat, you know? And, oh. and typically it's like, eh, I'm not really, you know, I think it's when you, you sit there and like you, you make something for so long and, and, you know, you know, the flavor's good. You want it to be enjoyed by everyone else. And you just, you know, you have that like, eh, I'm okay not eating. You know what I mean? Cool. I can go for like a sandwich or something. You My know? enjoyment yeah. comes from watching you eat. Yeah. Agreed. hundred like, percent. That's where I, like, that's where my enjoyment comes from. Like, I enjoy the let me watch you eat, enjoy my food, and that's awesome to me. Right. I agree 100%. Like we did a – we had a couple Thanksgiving events this past weekend and – or I guess now two weekends ago. One of them was like a Friendsgiving event and we did a a 19-pound brisket and a 20-pound turkey. And it was like – you know, we worked on these all day and – they just got crushed. I mean, after like the Thanksgiving, kids. After Thanksgiving, I cooked 
so many damn turkeys. <laughs> You're like, I never want to see turkey again. It's not that I don't want to see it. I'll see it next year. Yeah, exactly. You're like, I just don't want to see it until next year. I don't want to taste it. I'm good with not brining or smoking a turkey for a long time. I've never been a huge um, turkey fan anyway. Turkey fan? Um, I like a super heavily, heavily rubbed turkey breast. You know, like for me... Heavy black pepper, salt. Yeah. You know, nice smoked, but uh, like a roasted turkey, not I'm so just, much. I don't know. Not I'm on just, my favorite I've never things. really been a big turkey person because to, it, to me, turkey is just a bigger chicken. Um, oh, yeah. There's not, to me, there's not a ton of uh, flavor. In it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, turkey like takes on whatever flavor. flavor you give it. Yeah. Right. There's exactly. no natural, like, there's no, like... There's natural. no, like, richness that you get from a well-marbled piece of beef. Exactly. Or, you know, yeah. it's just, like, poultry. It just takes on whatever flavor profile you you marinate it, rub it in, or brine it in, or, or whatever. So, exactly. yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I, I kind of just, I, to me, I'd rather have, like, a pork chop or, you know, a really nice steak. Like, to me, that's, that, that's what I'd rather have. And it doesn't make it right or wrong. Some people love turkey. Some people are like, no, you don't understand. Turkey's so good. Awesome. Enjoy <laughs> Right, turkey. exactly. Like, no, I'm I, just, I, I, I've I never really agree. been a big fan of them. Just yeah. never, you know, never been like, oh, yeah, I, I need this turkey. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm, yeah, exactly. I, I'm with you on the the other white meat, though. Pork, like, tonight I had made pork chops, and it's just, you know, my wife is, is Puerto Rican, so pork is a, a big staple in the Puerto Rican diets. And Absolutely. I just, I mean, so many different ways you can prepare it, and I feel like you do get a lot more flavor from pork and pork chops and the different cuts of pork than you do with, you know, a chicken or, or poultry for sure. But I mean, the I mean, an amazing animal. Oh, incredible. You know what I mean? It's the only, I mean, it's one of the only animals that takes vegetables and turns them into bacon. <laughs> Let's be honest. I mean, it's a miracle. Let's be honest. It's beautiful. It's, it's fucking beautiful. Um, and the poor, pigs are actually quite, they're, they're an interesting animal in general because they'll eat pretty much everything. Yeah. Uh, and they're, yes, they're smart animals. I understand that. But they're also, like, they're crazy vicious once they get wild. Like, a wild boar will fuck your shit up. Yes, definitely. Uh, without, without hesitation. Oh, completely. Like, I guess the, um, I heard on the news and this obviously this podcast airs a little bit later. Um, but there was a lady that got mauled by wild, like wild boars and literally was like on her way to work and they killed her. Jesus. And like this, she took care of like this elderly couple and they killed her outside their house Oh, I saw this too that? on yeah. the news. I and, saw uh, that. 
he like basically like they came out and like she was like they there was like a hand missing like they they realized that fucking wild boars killed her. I'm like that's insane. That's nuts. Absolutely nuts. Like could you imagine being like well, what killed your mom or your you know what killed your sister? A pig. A wild boar. Like yeah. what? Like that's not something you hear <laughs> very often, but dude, those things are vicious. They're crazy. And pork like pigs in general like if they survive, I think it's I think it's like a hundred days, they will turn them like they will turn into like wild boar. Really? It's, yeah, I didn't insane. know that. They're they're crazy animals. They're fucking. Even crazy. if they're raised as domesticated, like uh-huh. yeah, no shit. You learn something new every day. They will start to change. Wow, that's it's, crazy. It's, it's insane. It's insane. So, um. I'm gonna ask this question for for uh, for obviously all the lovely listeners. Since you've changed, since you've gone from electric to pellet to now burning real wood, what would you say were besides, I guess, temperature control? What would you say you saw were your biggest differences in each step? When you were like, okay, I'm I'm cooking on on electric right now. I'm using wood chips. I'm not getting the exact flavor profile maybe that I really really want, but it's kind of close. Um, but it, you know, setting it, forgetting it. What made you move to pellet? What were you like? Why were you like, okay, I I need to look so a little bit different. The the move from electric to pellet was um, I just wasn't getting uh, one the flavor profile, but I wasn't getting you know, like the briskets I would do in it, they'd be okay, you know, but they'd end up being more dried out. I mean, they were just tough. Um, you know, my first brisket I made in there, I was so excited just to like get a smoke ring. I was like, sweet, a smoke ring. That's awesome. And then you try to slice it. And I literally, I think I may have broke the knife that I was using trying to slice it because, you know, it was just, it was, it was tough. It, I didn't kick it to the proper temperatures, and that was kind of like a big learning curve for me too. What you know, temperature did you take so it much... to? Hold on. So, so I took it to 200 that first time, um, and it just wasn't enough. Like it was far off. Um, and you so, know, there's so much information on the internet, and you know, obviously everything you read on the internet is right. Oh, it's so, all true. It's all true. It's all true. I had a so, guy argue with me. Um, that his brisket is fantastic and he never takes it over 195. Well, he may be smoking some delightful meth, but um, I mean, to each his own. If he likes super chewy brisket, then more power to him. But uh, he also you know, told me that he smokes at 190. Everything. Everything at 190. Everything at one ninety. It was. It was. Oh my god! It was such an. It, it was such it's a gonna be, conversation. And it's going to be like, hard to render some quality fat off at one hundred and ninety degrees. Well, what I was terrified about is a. You're keeping food in the danger zone for. A in the danger zone, yeah. Time. Um, which I understand smoke kills a lot of that, but um, a. You're doing that. B. It, it's hard to keep a good clean fire at one ninety. 
it's like at that in-between zone where like you almost have to be cutting off a lot of oxygen to keep it at 190. You know what well, I mean? Well, yeah, like, because you're essentially all... just smoldering. I mean, yeah. and, and it's like a super low smolder. Which um, is disgusting. Which is not going to be a clean smoke for sure. I, you're not going to get that nice blue wispy clear smoke that you're that you're wanting. That's really going to impart that good flavor into it. Yeah, for well, sure. And I was like, oh, you know, and I that's like kind of what I was saying. I'm like, you're not probably not getting good clean smoke. And he's like, oh yeah, it's crystal clear. I'm like, I don't know. Mm. I don't know about that, you know, and then, you know, people, I think, kind of like that don't really understand it and the science behind it. You know, when you smoke at that super lower temperatures, you do get obviously more smoke because it's smoldering. But again, that clean burning versus like a heavier smoke and it does impart a more smoke flavor, but it's more of like the campfire smoke flavor versus the flavor of the woods, you know, the, the actual like hardwood flavor that you're you're trying to impart into it. You know, I've had briskets and, and just barbecue in general where you take a bite and it literally tastes like you're biting into an ashtray and you're like, wow, that's not appetizing at all, you know? Yep. Um, but to each his own, again, with that whole flavor profile. But, you know, the biggest thing for me moving from the terrifying. electric to, to – well, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but uh, moving the electric to the pellet was, you know, I just wasn't getting the quality that I wanted to. Um, it was most of my stuff turned out pretty dry. Like when I would do shoulders in there, I would I'd still take them to, you know, 200 and, and they'd still be I wasn't getting clean bone poles. Um, and when I go to shred it, it just wasn't shredding properly. Um, it was pretty chewy. <clears throat> so for me, I wanted something that one was going to be a little bit bigger to, to get better air circulation and, and more, um, just, just better overall flavor, better temperature control, um, more consistent smoke being entered into it, you know, and the, the trigger was, was just one of those, those grills that, are great for that. You know, that's, it's that set it and forget it. You can put it on, throw the temp probe in there, make sure your pellet hopper is full and, and go and monitor your temps to when you have to, you know, pull and wrap and whatnot. And like I said, I, I think there is a place for it, you know, for, for the people that want uh, a smoker that is super low maintenance and, and just super convenient. And there's nothing against that. I, loved using mine for a long time but you know i just for me the biggest thing from switching to from the traeger to the primo was um one i wanted to be able to have better control of my cooks and again you know better learning to better myself in, in temperature regulation and, and being able to adjust the amount of real wood smoke flavoring I was getting it by, by adding more or, or adding less of those, you know, real wood chunks playing with different, uh, flavor wood combinations. Pecan and cherry is kind of my go-to right now. Um, I use yeah, is that what you're Creek. digging right now. 
yeah, I love the peat. But like, I love the the flavor profile of the the pecan and cherry and the color that it brings to the meat, like from the cherry. But that 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 flavor from the pecan is stronger. Um, I use Chigger Creek wood products, um, so they've. I mean, they make a great wood chunk that I'm I'm been super happy with. I've tried a few different ones. Um, they have the most consistent in, in size of chunks and, um, which helps, which, yeah, which helps because I know, you know, from my experiences and my cooks, like, Hey, if I want to make sure that I'm getting like a, a super heavy smoke flare, I'm going to, I'm going to fill this up. You know, if I want something that's going to be like, a, if I'm going to do like a pork tenderloin on it, you know, and I want something that's more mild like has some good flavor to it but not not necessarily that like heavy smoke i'm gonna do less pecan a little more cherry um kind of get that sweeter that sweetness from the cherry wood um Mm -hmm. but but being able to experiment with that is something that you know like really drove me to to wanting to learn on the ceramics and the kamados um and then also just the versatility of it being able to low and slow you know smoke being able to grill uh, over, you know, high heat, direct flame, being able to do a reverse sear on it, you know, smoke it first. And then as the meat's resting, I can take off the deflector plates and just rip it open and, and let those coals just flame up and, and get a nice, beautiful, hot sear on yep. a steak, um, you know, all in one, all in one one grill like you know with my trigger I, I, I do reverse sears but I'm you know I'm <clears throat> I'm using my timberline to smoke it and then I'm heating up my trigger ranger that I have with the cast iron plate in and heating that up so that way I can do like a hot sear on the cast iron skillet um, that the ranger has so it was just being able to use one grill for everything has been like, you know, it's just been great. I love that. And I, again, loving the, the flavor profiles I'm getting from it. Um, and just, just being able to experiment and try different things. And, and again, be more of that challenged of, of regulating my temperatures and being able to make it the adjustments I need. Um, to Have get you to tried the temperatures pizza that yet? I want to. Oh God. Yes. And it's fan freaking fantastic. Yeah, pizzas on 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 ceramics are 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 awesome because that that dome gets so hot, and it it kind of helps give good good um, heat deflection down on that cheese, and it, it's just fantastic. And it, if oh, anyone's yeah. ever cooked in a in a real pizza wood oven, uh, that's kind of what it does. You know what I mean? The floor gets nice and hot, and then the dome gets hot, and that's what melts your cheese, and um, ceramics kind of mimic it very very well yeah i agree i I love doing pizzas on the primo um you know i got a pizza stone for it and just we've it's one of our favorite things to do um my wife is a baker so she always makes fresh pizza dough and uh so the kids we always make an event out of it you know i've got four kids and so we, we make dough for everyone for the little personal pizzas and yeah, it's great. get out on the counter and everyone makes their own and get them all out there ready and slide them on the stone. And within like, you know, four to six minutes, depending on how high I've got it, 
um, you know, they're done and ready and everyone can enjoy. It's just one of those things like uh, I love, love cooking pizzas on it. it. It's just for me, you know, grilling and cooking is about bringing people together. Yep. Um, so, you know, when I, when my kids want to take part in it and like my daughter loves to be in the kitchen, um, you know, she's like my little sous chef. She'll cut veggies for me while I'm prepping and trimming meats and things like that. And my boys love to bake with their mom. Um, so they're always in the kitchen. They're like, Oh, I bake that. I do that. I make that, you know? Yeah. And to me that that's what it's all about, like creating memories together and, and doing something that we all enjoy and, you know, making pizzas on that Primo is just another memory maker for me for sure. Yeah. It, you know, the cool thing is like, I've, um, I have a two year old now and, um, she'll, she'll come to the kitchen, you know, like mom will stop by with her and, um, you know, I'll go to, I'll, I'll go out to check, you know, the fire or whatever. And she'll come in and, you know, she'll look into the firebox with me and be like, fire. (laughs) Yes, exactly. That's exactly what that is. So it's like, she's, she's understanding and she's like interested in doing it. And like at, when we're at home, she, um, her new thing is making scrambled eggs. She loves making scrambled eggs, which is, you know, crazy for a two-year-old to want to scramble her own eggs. So obviously we don't let her crack the egg because she doesn't know how to because she's two, but we'll crack the egg into a pan for her. She'll hold the pan, like she'll hold the, the handle of the pan and she'll hold a spatula and stir into it. Like she'll, she'll like, you know, you, you just tell her like when to stir. It's like, okay, hold on, hold on. Okay. Now stir. Like, here we go. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, you gotta start them young. And I think that's, you know, for me, that's probably like where my love of cooking started with my grandma. Like whenever, um, we would go over to my grandma's house or my grandma would come over to our house. I'd always, always be in the kitchen with her, you know, whether it was her baking something or, or making dinner and, you know, the old shake and bake, you know, making fried chicken. She put all the shake and bake mix in the Ziploc and put the the legs and the thighs in there. And she'd be like, all right, cool, come and shake it. And, you know, I just have fond memories of, of always being in the kitchen, like with my grandma and my mom. And, and yep. for me, it's just, that's always kind of driven my love of, of cooking and, and having those experiences. So being yep. able to share that, like, you know, with your daughter making eggs and my kids, you know, just being in there. It's just, it's one of those experiences that I'll always cherish because it was such a fond memory that I have of, of being with growing so, up exactly. with my grandparents, you know what I mean? So being able to pass those experiences along, you know, and benefit of, of me, you know, cooking, loving cooking and my wife being a baker. It's like, there's all, our kitchen is there's always something going on in our kitchen. So, um, it's just fun. I will say I can't bake for shit. Um, Oh, I, I can't either. Baking is a science and cooking is an art. And I, I am not a fucking scientist. My, my, (laughs) my wife is straight up a genius when it comes to baking. I mean, the stuff she creates, she can look at a recipe and, 
she'll get a general idea of what she wants to do. And then you just kind of like, you'll be sitting in the kitchen looking at her and you can see like the cogs turning in her mind of how she's going to change it and make it her own or base her ideas off like a rough idea of what she wants to do and just what she creates. I'm like, how'd you do that? And she's like, well, I just changed this and I did this and I did this. And I'm like, well, did you write it down? She's like, no. I'm like, well, why not? She's like, because it's just not my process. Like I do. She's like, I just, I know what I want to do. I'm like, well, shit, like you can do that. It's just impressive, you know? Yeah. But I give all the the bakers. I can can do do that that with with cooking. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I can't do that with baking. I can look at stuff and be like, okay, I got this. I can screw up. I can screw up a, a box cake, you know, but I can cook you some delicious food with oh, yeah. no recipe and just, uh, you know, a handful of ingredients and make it, make it great or make it at least edible, but baking, not my thing. Oh, baking's definitely not my thing. I'll stick to, uh, dipping, dipping pretzels in chocolate for her and helping decorate. That's, you know, that's my strong suit when it comes to baking. Yeah, I can make you like candied bacon. Mm, love some candied bacon. You know, like that. That's just, I can make biscuits. As far as <laughs> I we're gonna know. go, I, I think I can make maybe the Grand's biscuits, but from scratch. Yeah, you're on your own for sure. I mean, I never said I was making them from scratch. I just told Jason make you biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, let's not push things too too far. Let's not overassume. I mean, we do we do uh, barbecue brunch, and we don't. Uh, I don't make our biscuits, guys. I, I really don't. Um, I'm sorry. That's the one thing that I don't make. But we do a we do a brisket biscuit and gravy. Oh um, my god, that sounds amazing. So what what I do is I take all my trimmings from my brisket, right, and I put them on a cooling rack. And I put that cooling rack on top of a large foil pan, and then I throw them into the oven. I season them, and then I throw them into the oven and just let them render. So all they're doing is just dripping and dripping and dripping and dripping and just catching all that, all that um, brisket fat. And I've I've put them in the smoker, and I've tried it that way. But I find that the um, when I take that rendered fat it gets over smoky when i make it into gravy and i know some people really like that but um i find for feeding the masses it's not the most pleasurable thing for everyone's palate yeah Yeah, so unfortunately i have to feed humans to pay bills so (laughs) i'm gonna do kind of what some other people want (laughs) right yeah exactly Catering, catering to the, the majority. Exactly. So, and it, 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 yes and no, you know what I mean? But um, I I render it out and then I make my gravy out of it. So it's it's just like, people are like, the gravy's so good. I'm like, yeah, because it's fucking brisket fat. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? You're like, like, it's 90% brisket fat. Yeah, I mean, it's literally 90% brisket fat and whole milk, like. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's everything that's great in one little thing. 
and, uh, and a little flour. But other than that, it's, uh, it's there's a pinch or two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's like, do we do this? You know, we make this great gravy, and um, then we put brisket in inside the biscuits, and then layer the gravy on top of it. And people are just like, it's so good. We had one when, it, when is the next barbecue brunch? Because I need to, to be there. I'm gonna have to look that up. We're gonna uh, actually right now we don't have one scheduled, but I'm sure we will we'll be getting one soon. And I will let. Let's you make know, that sir. happen. Yeah, you I let me let, know. I will let you know, sir. Um, but it, it's one of those things like people like go crazy over it. And one we had one girl come up. She's like, I could eat fifty of those things. She's like. <laughs> maybe not 50 and i'm like really i'm like you really think you could eat like that much and she's like no she's like i'm so stuffed after two of them she's like but they're so good because it's it's not like a light meal you oh, know what i God, mean like no. this is yeah. not like this is not I like mean, a, let's have a good and meal and like run let's go running after this like right like let's do a 5k after a biscuit and gravy brunch so like no one's gonna do that no this I is mean, like not no one it. in the right mind yeah, but. this is like let's have this and take a nap. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Like let's let's divine. You know, d- just dive in, and then I'm all about the nap after waking me up in a few hours, and then maybe we can do this again because it was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, when you top a beer on top of it, shit, come on. I mean, like, you're gonna have a great day. Right. Exactly. Put a nice bloody with like. Uh, you're, you're not gonna do much, but you're gonna have a great day. Yeah, well, I mean, how could you not with brisket gravy? Like, that just... Yeah, it's fantastic, right? So, man, cool. I want to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast, hanging out with us, and chatting barbecue. Um, I like to end our podcast this way. If you could start... if you Knowing what you know now, if you could go to the beginning of your, of your barbecue journey and you could tell yourself three tips to help shorten your barbecue learning curve, what would those three tips be? Uh, one would be don't be afraid to make mistakes because I think the biggest thing for me is I would always get so frustrated when it didn't turn out the way I wanted to at first. Um, and, and realistically, like you got to make mistakes to get better because you got to learn from those mistakes. You got to make changes. You have to try new things. Um, and, and that's the only way to get better. Uh, two is to utilize the barbecue community. Like I've met so many different amazing people through barbecue that are so willing to give you insights and tips and just, you know, show you different techniques and say, Hey, like, you know, I've, I've had a few times where I've asked people like, Hey, what, what do you do? What are you cooking this to? Like, what, you know, what, when you do this type of meat, how are you preparing it? You know? And it just helps you get better. Like, you know, seeing, seeing things from a different perspective helps you open your eyes to things that you're missing, techniques that you may not be utilizing that could, you know, help better you. So don't be afraid to make mistakes. Utilize the community. Ask questions. Make friends. Like, I mean, I can't stress that enough. And uh, three is is buy quality meats. You know, that was a big thing for me too. It was like, you know, I was balling on a budget. I was trying to learn how to make brisket with 
shitty brisket. You know, I was using choice and not to say that all choice brisket is bad. There's some that, you know, you can get that are pretty decent, but you know, uh, I think having the right proteins and the right meats and, and getting good quality will make a tremendous difference in the outcome of your cook. You know, getting a, a super well marbled piece of meat versus one that has little to no marbling, you know, it's going to completely affect the flavor profile, but also the tenderness in the end. So don't be afraid to spend those extra few dollars to get a quality meat. And, you know, if you find a, a good online butcher or purveyor or, or, any supplier that has quality stuff, try it out. Don't be afraid to try multiple suppliers. You know, don't get pigeonholed into one one butcher or one shop that you get your stuff from because everyone gets quality, you know, different qualities and different cuts. So be be willing to to find the butcher or the shop or the, or the online butcher or whatever that suits your needs best. And it is carrying the cuts that you want to make and want to try out that, you know, are good quality. So I think those are my top three for sure. Yeah. I mean, dude, that sounds fantastic. And, and I agree with you on the, uh, meat, um, for us at the, at, at the company, you know, we use for brisket, we use a lot of, a lot of it is certified Angus beef and I really like their stuff. And then, um, you know, we, we use a couple different providers, but it, that's like the hardest question for me to answer when I do barbecue classes is like, where do you get all your meat from? Where's one place? And it's like, dude, I don't have one. You know? Right, <laughs> I mean, exactly. Like, and, and, and there's reasons for that because one, your one place might be out of stock, you know, it might have limited stock or the stock that they get in the time you need it may not be the best at that time. You know what I mean? So being able to have a backup plan, being able to have multiple sources, it's, and especially if you are planning on doing caterings and events and and big parties and things like that, not every local butcher is going to be able to get you, you know, five briskets or 10 pork shoulders or, you know, four bellies, whatever you need, you know what I mean? So being able to have multiple sources is key because you're going to run into trouble if you don't. And make friends with your butchers. Oh, make friends with those people. Man, I was, I was actually, uh, so today, today is Monday of the day that we are recording guys. And, um, I normally don't go to my suppliers on Mondays. Uh, I go on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, uh, of the week and I showed up. And one of the one of the butcher guys comes out and he's like, "What are you doing here?" <laughs> and I'm like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "It's fucking Monday, dude." Yeah, they like, know you're your not schedule. Supposed to be. They know what like, you're he, looking for. He know like, I don't know how many times he's called me and been like, "Pork belly's going on sale on Thursday. How many cases do you want?" I'm like, "I can't be there Thursday. I'm gonna be there." Like he'll call me like called me on like Monday, he, or no, he called me on like Thursday the week before. I think it was. And he's like, for next week, he's like, Thursday, pork belly goes on sale. And I'm like, oh. I'm like, I got to be there like Tuesday or Wednesday because it's scheduling. And he's like, how many cases do you want? And I'm yeah, like, it's... yeah, I was like, I don't know, five, six. He's like, done. He's like, what day are you coming in? I'm like, I think I'm going to be there Wednesday. He's like, I don't work Wednesday. He goes, you ask for... Who ask asked, for like, so-and-so. Yeah, ask for so-and-so and tell them that who you are. 
And I'm like, okay. And I, like, go in there, and I'm like, I think her name's, like, Christina or Kathy or something. I don't remember. And I'm like, hey, I'm like, my name's Mikey. I'm with Fire and Smoke Barbecue Company. And she's like, oh, you're Mikey. Okay, hold on. I'll be right back. And literally comes and brings, like, six cases of pork belly. And it's all marked down. Because they were doing a sale or they were doing a sale on Thursday. Like they were starting the markdown on Thursday. Right. And that's so true. And that's he all, fucking that's what I'm saying. marked it down it's... for me two days before the sale actually started. Yeah. And that's awesome. And that's that goes back to just building relationships. Like building Absolutely. quality relationships with your and suppliers. That's fucking with... awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's awesome. Like getting to know people. And that's the thing I love about this community is like you'd be surprised. Like people are so willing to, oh, awesome. to, awesome. to just have a conversation and talk barbecue. And oh, yeah. we're all barbecue nerds. Like we all love this shit and we love the different techniques and learning about things. Like, I mean, yeah. the last conversation you and I had about the Myron Mixon smokers, like yeah. I went home that night and I was like, fuck, I need a Myron Mixon smoker. Like, you know, and I'm still eyeballing one. So it's like one of those things. It's just, you open your eyes to, to so many different things within barbecue that you never really thought of before. And it makes you wonder like, huh, why not? Like, I'm going to try that. That would be great for me, you know? And just that community aspect and the, the relationships you build within it. I mean, it's second to none in my personal opinion. So, Oh, I agree with you. Yeah. But I, I mean, I truly, I truly appreciate being on here, you know, having me on here. It's been an honor. So uh, I we had a can't thank time. you enough. Yeah. Dude, had a blast. Time, so, so definitely need to do it again and uh, make sure to let me know when that uh, next will, barbecue I, brunch I'll is. I'll let you know when barbecue brunch is coming. Uh, up some brisket. It, dude, it, it's, it's, it's a good little, uh, it's a good little treat. You're, oh, yes. you're gonna not move for like four hours, but you'll be fine. <laughs> I'm okay with that. You know, I'll wear my stretchy pants. And exactly. We'll, just, we'll roll with it. Yeah, you just know? wear I'll your bring stretchy crew pants, and we'll all dine and you know relax afterwards. Yeah, dude, it, it's great. Like I said, Cole, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We'll have to have you on again. Uh, we had a great time, guys. If you need or not, if you need to, but if you want to go check out his um, Instagram. It is S-A-P-P underscore BBQ.com. Is there anywhere else that they can find your barbecue journey online? Uh, that is the only place currently. So cool. that is, um, that that's is where place. everything I do. So that that's where we're sending them out. Uh, so go on Instagram. At, once again, it's S-A-P-P SAP underscore BBQ on Instagram. Super easy to find. You, you type in S-A-P-P. It's coming out. It's going to be one of the first results. So go check him out. Cole's doing some kick-ass stuff. Once again, thank you so much for coming on the show and hanging out with us, buddy. It's my pleasure. Thanks, Mikey. Appreciate it.